one week up, one week down, one win up for the West Branch football program. And let's get right into it on the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on westbranch.football. Presented by Browns West Branch. Now that we've got all the pleasantries out of the way, let's talk about the fantastical, mythical football joyride that was Lisbon. On Friday night, the Bears come out victorious 12-6 to in an offensive juggernaut of a game. I know last week on the podcast, guys, we talked about, hey, are we going to score over this many points over under, you know, over under this many on offense and defense? And, well, if you had the unders for both, this was a good <laughs> week for you. 12-6 to the final. Good news, West Branch came out with the W, Matt. Yeah, what are your first thoughts of that? Well, yeah, I was just gonna say, I my my under pick of the uh, points allowed is doing a r- real good, way under the uh, sixteen points per game um, that we need. It, but yeah, anyway, for the real stuff, uh, yeah, my immediate thoughts, uh, you know, the defense was phenomenal, uh, just in the backfield all night. Lisbon, like, really just couldn't do much. Uh, Ninety nine total yards from the Lions and. 59 of that came on one play. Uh, so take that out. I know you can't really take that out, but take that out 40 yards. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I'll have some more stuff to say, but yeah, I think overall it was just really a nice total team effort. Uh, good punting execution, stellar defense. Um, you know, we saw some flashes of offense that has a lot of potential. Uh, I don't think I could ask too much more from the first game of the season that happened to be against a really good opponent. And Steven, Matt just said 99 yards. That's basically a George Washington quarter, every quarter. 25 yards per quarter on defense. Every game, if you do that, you're probably going to be okay for the rest of the season, eh? Yeah, that would be a good way to uh, keep things going all season long. And, you know, especially against a team like Lisbon that has a variety of different weapons. And we didn't really let that phase us, just said, you know what, we're going to come out and we're going to stay in our lanes, we're going to do our jobs and play good team defense, and that's what it shaked out to be. So uh, for me, I mean, it was gutty. I mean, it was a situation where, you know, the first three possessions, we fumble the football inside the 35-yard line, give Lisbon great field position, we dig deep, we come out, we hold them to no points. Um, you look in that second half, everybody starts cramping up. It's something that happens year in and year out in the first couple weeks of the season, no matter how much you try to hydrate, you get that adrenaline going. But you know what? We found ways that either guys were cramping, they got back out on the field, and they dug deep to find a way to do it. Or you had some other guys that stepped up. They stepped in to that spot and said, hey, I'm going to come in and take advantage of my opportunity and do what this team needs me to do. And you know, it was just a tough, gritty performance all around, I thought. It's going to be a long recap of the scoring. So, and we want to keep this program under about three hours this week. So Matt, go ahead and tell us how the scoring happened and when it happened. The scoring kicked off, um, bare, just barely under the wire for the, in the first half, uh, bears got on the board first with an Andy Henson three yard touchdown run. Uh, it came on a fourth and goal from the three with two seconds left in the first half. Um, and that play was actually set up by a really nice 14-yard gain uh, pass from Carver Belk to Kinnick Belk. Uh, Kinnick did a really good job at making his way upfield, 
uh, but also doing a good job of getting out of bounds and getting towards that sideline. Um, and yeah, he ended up getting out of the three. Uh, Bears came out initially to to kick a field goal. Uh, Lisbon called timeout. Bears changed their mind. Uh, they got up out there in the Wildcat with Andy. He ran it right in. PAT was, gosh, what was, was it blocked? I think it was a low snap. Low snap. That's right. Yep. Low snap. So six nothing as we head into halftime. Then in the third quarter, Cash Woody picks off uh, Lisbon pass and goes 34 yards into the end zone for a pick six. Uh, two point conversion from the Bears was no good. So 12 to nothing. Uh, at that point, West Branch. And then in the fourth quarter, Lisbon trying to make it interesting. Um, as I mentioned just uh, a minute or two ago, uh, 59-yard pass and catch uh, for a touchdown that Kinnick Belk almost intercepted and almost made the tackle on at the same time. Um, but uh, yeah, they, that player got loose down the sideline and we really just couldn't catch him. Uh, so into the end zone they went um, and their, their two-point conversion was no good. So uh, that's where we ended, 12-6, to 6, West Branch victory. And if you think about it this way, think about it like this. When If West Branch scored in the first half, man, as you said, with two seconds remaining, right? Yeah, yep. They scored in the third quarter with how much time remaining? Oh, that was right at the end of that third quarter, too, wasn't it? Four yeah. seconds. Four seconds. Four seconds. Yeah. So they left themselves a lot of time to spare in whatever stands that they were a part of. <laughs> yeah. But one of the most interesting stats I recall from the game, I bet Stephen Grace talked about it live. I did not listen yet. I apologize for that. But I bet you wrote it down, Stephen. When did West Branch have their first offensive play on the good side of midfield? Um, it would have been that last drive before we scored the touchdown. Exactly three minutes and 47 seconds remaining in the <laughs> before West Branch in the second quarter before West Branch was even on the good side of the 50. So I bring that up because of the short field scenario that Lisbon had for the entire first half, yet did not cash in on it. And West Branch's defense, boy, did was it as advertised from, from Coach Bailey and uh Coach Peterson of the preseason talked about how the defense could be the bell cow that leads this team as we get going into the season. Well, and to go off of that, Jason, like there was another interesting part of that. If you dive deeper into that, um, those those three straight there, yeah, three straight drives that Lisbon had, um, they started. I think it was because of our first three drives to where we fumbled it. Uh, they started about the West Branch thirty, so the twenty six, the twenty six, and the thirty two. Um, but yeah, the West branch defense just pinned their ears back and, and held them off. Um, you know, those drives ended, um, in turnover on downs, lines were inside the five turnover on downs again, and then a punt, the bears pushed them back towards midfield from starting at the 32, um, in total 17 plays and, uh, the lions accumulated a total of seven yards from those three drives wow. alone that started about the West Branch 30. So incredible job by the defense to pick the offense up after uh, losing that, losing the ball on three straight drives. Uh, just that was one thing that really just really stood out to me and how, how well they did there. And not to take away anything, Stephen, from Lisbon, because their defense was pretty solid as well, holding West Branch to just 128 yards for entire four quarters. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those that, I mean, obviously first game jitters, neither team really could get that rhythm going. So a lot of credit to both defenses, but also, you know, 
look at some false start penalties, some delay of games, just some other. I mean, there, you didn't really see a lot of holding or anything else like that. It was, you know, just a lot of little mental mistakes. And so um, kind of, you know, I think both teams would see, hey, we have nice positive play. We've got second down and seven. Oh, false start. Now we're behind the sticks. Oh, now we get tackled for loss. Now instead of third and five or six, you're looking at third and 15. And that just completely changes your philosophy on how you want to approach those things. And so, yeah, I mean, some of those mental mistakes really kind of shot both teams in the foot and, you know, made the defenses come to play and play a little bit better. They took advantage of some of those opportunities. Well, and from the West Branch offense perspective, you know, they, they did some good things. Um, and, but as really typically comes with that first game of the season, there are a lot of opportunities too to, to do better. Um, and the really cool thing is that all of those kind of things that they need to work on and those opportunities that they have ahead of them, they're all easily correctable, securing the ball. Uh, route running, positioning, or lining up your receivers, uh, which, you know, to, to give or to take on the option reads, that type of stuff, you know, all of that's just going to kind of come with more experience, both in practice, but also in this game experience too. Um, but I thought the offensive line did a really great job of creating good lanes for Andy Henson, cover Belk to run through as well, but also giving Carver some time on a lot of passes on a lot of his dropbacks, a lot of time to make his reads and go through his progressions uh, to, to find the receiver. You can, uh, when we get to the pick to click in a little bit, we, we could have a debate on a lot of things, but I'm sure we'll all come to an agreement as to who really, really won that one. But that's, that's for a later time, but 12 to six doesn't matter the score. You'll take three to two, five to three, 19 to 18. 19 to 18, or whatever it is. I think I'll take, you would take this W. Ugly wins are still wins. One of the things that I had written down, and I mean, we talk about it with Coach Peterson all the time tip of the cap to Coach Braddock and the special teams. I mean, you look at several different instances in that game Friday night. One, our touchdown drive in the first half. That was set up. We were pinned deep. We punted it, and Lisbon muffed it. We were Johnny on the spot with Cash Woody down the field. He recovers that. We put together a touchdown drive. Opening kick off of the second half. It was a sidewinding, spiraling, just weird football. And Aiden Shields, heads up, able to fall on it. Instead of giving Lisbon the ball near midfield and a chance to maybe come down and tie it up right away, we get our offense out there like we were hoping to, to try to add on to it. I mean, Andy Henson, two or three punts that were down inside the 10-yard line or so. Um, I'm thinking later on in the game, there was Lisbon had a punt. They kicked it away from Kinnick, and he hustled to the other side of the field and caught it because it was one of those that you could tell it was going to hit and it was going to roll for a ways. And he easily saved at least five or ten yards of field position, if not more. And I mean, it was just a variety of those little things that maybe get overlooked. You're not going to see the headlines in the paper about you know a punt that's muffed that's recovered or a punt that's fielded in the air and run straight out of bounds you're going to hear about 100 yards for a running back or interceptions or whatever but those things were very vital very important for why we were able to come away with that victory friday night i agree and and again i agree with you what you just said that always in the paper somebody in the gazette named jason miller wrote an article talked about of course he talked about the andy henson touchdown and the cash woody touchdown because those scored the points and they're only given so much space that they can write but if you would have really dived dove in a little bit deeper into the details you would talk about 
newcomers. Newcomers, new faces and new places. Same faces and in new places. Like, for instance, a new quarterback. You would talk about a new center. That's brand new to the West Branch football program. Reese Panye making a really two really big plays on kickoff coverage. Also had a tackle for loss on defense when his number was called at linebacker. You talk about Logan Wright. Within the first two plays of the game, he had a tackle for a loss, just like he did against Tipton in the scrimmage. So new faces or old faces, new places making a difference, and it was a team victory. EMS Detergent Services has been providing janitorial supplies to businesses across the Midwest for over 50 years. Based in North Liberty, EMS uses products made right here in Iowa and offers exceptional and affordable services for their clients. Learn more at emsdetergentservices.com. Julie and Dan Hayes at EMS Detergent Services, proud supporters of the West Branch Bears. There is one thing we need to discuss. One thing that, that to, as we get further in the season, that's going to play a big role. I think that's the district standings, don't you, Stephen? Absolutely. And uh, it's always great to see how the teams shake out because everybody's got predictions to start the year. It says, hey, this team's going to win. This team's going to get last. And then you see how all these new faces come together at each program and it's a new year. So those predictions can just be thrown out the window. So it's always fun to see some of these games. And Matt, uh, there were some good ones from our district opponents this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of good um, you know, mixed results. Obviously, there's no movement in the district standings here uh, just because these are non-district games. But um, still good to kind of keep an eye on these to see to see where things are going. Um, but yeah, let's first start off with Durant. Uh, they dropped their opener to uh, another really good school, Sigourney Kyoto. Um if I can find that game on Huddle, I kind of want to watch that just because, you know, Durant, uh, both Sigourney and, and Durant, really good programs, um, you know, obviously have been the last number of years. So, um, yeah, Durant starts out um, at 0-1. Uh, the Wise and Muscatine also lost their opener 9-6 to to Columbus, not to be confused with Columbus Catholic, uh, just regular Columbus, um, who West Branch played a couple of years ago in the playoffs, was it? 2015, I believe, 55 that to 20 in the ago? first round. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, yeah. So they, they start out at 0 1 as well. Um, and then Mediapolis, they defeated Wapolo 44 to 22 to start out 1 0. Uh, Iowa City Regina, they started out 1 0 and beat um, a pretty good Williamsburg squad 16 to 14. So big win there for Regina. And then Wilton also won their opener against Tipton, 21-6. to So you're saying West Branch is a co-district champion right now if we were to stop the season. <laughs> With no district games played, yeah. I mean, well, I guess it would be a tie. District, yeah. Everybody's a district champion so far. Right. Okay. Week two. Another week, another ranked opponent for West Branch. And the first week you had fourth ranked or seventh ranked, whichever publica- publication you looked at. In Lisbon, next week, Waterloo-Columbus comes to West Branch for the inaugural meeting between the two squads. Columbus is fresh off a quarterfinal finish in 2020, returns a very strong and very well-positioned squad to make a lot of noise in 2021, led by quarterback Carter Gallagher, who rushed 
for 800 yards and threw for 1,400 yards a year ago. They will be coming hungry, Stephen, to West Branch, losing to perennial powerhouse, but unranked, Dyke New Hartford, 35-21 to last Friday night. After leading that game 14-0, Dyke New Hartford took control. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that Matt talked about correcting. West Branch could correct mistakes. I'm sure Columbus is in the same boat, and they'll be ready to do that on Friday. Yeah, and this is a team that, I mean, I was reading some things from up at the Waterloo paper. I mean, in the offseason, they were three points away from making the semifinals in the Unidome, coming up short against Sigourney Kyoto. And they're a team that's focused. They want to get to that Unidome and started out really well for them. And then Dyke New Hartford found some things that were clicking and you know, took advantage of some opportunities that presented themselves. So I'm sure that Coach Schmidt and company are going to be looking at some film and they're going to say, okay, here's where we need to I mean, Like Matt said, here's how we can position ourselves just a little bit better. Here's how we can execute this just a little bit better than what we did and try to come through. And this is a solid football team. Don't let it say, oh, well, you know, they gave up 28 points in the second half to Dyke New Hartford to lose 35-21. It's a good program at Dyke New Hartford. They know how to play football, and Waterloo Columbus is going to be hungry coming off of that. And Matt, I think the key to remember here is, again, this team was ranked coming into last week and will probably still be ranked this week. People think and people know things. This is a good football team, period. And they're going to want to prove that and not go... 0 oh, and two next week. Yeah, and yeah. Regardless of ranking, they're just they're just a good football team. Um, and they what I was watching, yeah, that that game against Dyke New Hartford, which for the game itself it was a really entertaining game to watch. But I was trying to focus more on more on the Sailors. Um, but yeah, we've got you know the the I had three things that really stand out to me. Um, first two, obviously quarterback Carter Gallagher, six foot. He's really good. Um, he has really good running ability, good escape ability from the pocket. Um, really good at running those options. Um, really good ability to make defenders miss. Um, and then same thing with running back Josh Hine, uh, number three, shifty, uh, agile, kind of a speed back kind of guy. He's five, eight. So, uh, you know, good short height to kind of maneuver around at will. Um, I was really impressed with his running ability um, and just how he was able to just kind of dart all over the place from side to side, you know, vertically, horizontally, all that type of stuff, just to make make defenders miss. And especially getting through kind of the well, the the dirt and dust there, so to speak, um, at the line of scrimmage, he's able to find a hole, dart through it, and get his way up into the the second level um, and make guys miss up there too. So. I think he's going to be a really important guy to stop. But um, I, much like West Branch, they've got some good size on their offense and defensive lines. You know, three or four guys that are well into their 220s, 230s up there. Um, and they're not uh, big slow guys either. They've got, you know, kind of that athletic ability. Um, kind of remind me of kind of that wrestler type of um uh, build that we that we see a lot down in down in our class 1a type of thing so um yeah it's gonna be a really good fight uh at the little rose bowl friday so matt mentioned uh, matt we all have mentioned carter gallagher he's number one in the program josh hine was just mentioned as a running back number three in the program but if you want to talk about another playmaker for them look number at two? just look at the first hit number two so if for them to be successful them being the sailors on offense honestly Look no further. It's as easy as one, two, and three. 
Carter Gallagher's one. Caden Hart's three receptions for 130 yards, two touchdowns last week, both over 50 yards. Big play receiver was the number one receiver last year for the Sailors. And then number three, the running back, Josh Hine. So look for those three players. If they're going to win, they're going to make their imprint on this game. They're going to be successful through one, two, three. But defensively, I think up front, size-wise, they're going to match up with West Branch guys. I mean, they've got guys like Connor Knudsen. I looked on, he gets a lot of time on at offense and on the defensive side of the football, 6'2", 220. Jake Bradley, six foot two thirty five. Jack Dugan, Duggan Dugan, a little bit more diminutive, but he's five foot seven, one seventy five, and he gets every pound out of that. As does defensive tackle number sixty five, Mason Knip. I gotta mention him because my first cousin is his great uncle. Mason's dad, Dan, is one of the coaches on the team, so I've got a little connection to the Sailors. But in the end, obviously, I'm gonna hope the Bears come out with the victory. But one guy who won't be playing, guys, and we sure want to wish him well in his recovery, is All-State linebacker, senior in Indiana State football commit at linebacker, number 25, Dallas Westhoff, who broke his leg in the opening scrimmage of the season and it sounds like he's going to be out for the year. We wish him a speedy recovery. Wonderful football player when you watch him on film from last year and the year before, and I'm sure he'll be missed by the team, and and I... That's and, and hopefully he'll get healthy, and I'm sure he'll have a wonderful college career. Yeah, I mean, but to West Branch's advantage Friday, it's going to be nice to not have him on the field. <laughs> I, yeah. Be selfish and, about that. And we mean that with the utmost respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Del, no doubt about it. But he, because yeah. because he's a playmaker, he's, he's, a, he's a difference maker on defense. He just always has his nose around the football when you watch him on film. So that, that being aside, it's going to be a great football game. Uh, and it's going to be the first of the first uh, regular season football game since the last one, which was the last one before a year. So this is only the second home football game West Branch has had in like a year and a half for a regular season. It's going to be nice to be at the Little Rose Bowl. It always is, and I'm sure that place will be rocking and rolling. And we're looking forward to being there uh, to to watch hopefully a great football game. Re- win win loss. It, it's going to be a great football game for both teams. And it's on what? prime real estate, man. Prime real estate. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. game tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You know where I'm going with this. He's on the prime it. real estate of at the Little Rose Bowl. Butch Peterson Field at the Little Rose Bowl at historic Oliphant Street Field. Or, I don't know, all that, those things. It is one of the... Places you're supposed to see a football game at before you die, according to CBS Sports, makes it prime real estate. Speaking of prime real estate, let's hear from our friends at Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants. Choose a realtor who knows the territory. Ken and Helen Fawcett of Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants are licensed agents with customer satisfaction as their number one priority. If you're buying or selling a home or property in West Branch or the surrounding area, they can help. Your hometown real estate company with an office in downtown West Branch, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants. Call them at 643-3344 or log on to cshomesiowa.com. It's picks to click time or pick to clicks, whichever you want to look at it. Yeah. How, how, do, you, how do we say the plural of that? I, I don't know. Picks no. to click. Picks, picks to, to click. click. 
Steven. We're making multiple picks that are yeah, going to yes. click. Well, we hope. We hope. And I, well, they all clicked this week because West Branch won, of course. Matt, what was, who did we choose last week? Yeah, last week, Stephen Grace, you had Drake Berry. Yeah, always a good pick every week. Um, and he made some really disruptive plays, a really memorable sack there. Uh, Love the team and tackles. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you had Logan Wright. Again, he made his presence known early uh, in that game. Good to see him get off uh, on the right foot there for just being a sophomore. Three tackles, two tackles for loss. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. And then I had Cole Bailey. Um, So, I mean, all three of those guys, big key players there on the defense, first and second level. So, um, yeah, I think think they all did, did really well. So, yeah, hard to pick a winner. I'll tell you what, we'll let Steven pick the winner on that one. Who do you think won, Steven? Um, Drake Barry, of course. <laughs> I think the Bears no, won. I think the Bears won, so we all win. We all win. We all win. I guess that puts us into week two. And yeah, Jason, you're first up. Wow, I get a pick this week. Man. I'm going to pick the West Branch Band. This is their week to shine. They haven't played all year. Is that available? Is that a, no, is that a one-timer? Well, there are no timers, unfortunately. No but, timers. I mean, they they are a good pick, and but yeah, we need a player. Well, you said my last name once, so I'll take someone with the same last name. Peyton Miller is my pick to click in week two. He's going to be busy with all the athletes that the Sailors have. I'm going to kind of go. I wouldn't necessarily say in conflict of yours, but somewhat opposite of yours, and I'm going to use up. My one time, one of my one timers, going with Andy Henson. I think he had a good good start um, against Lisbon, and despite some cramping and other things he's got going on, he still put up a hell of a fight, hell of a game. So uh, I look in, look to him to continue that here in a week two. Stephen Grace. Oh, I've been thinking about this a lot today, just trying to come up with it, and I just can't. I mean, trying to get a good sense of how this game's going to go to kind of determine how to make this pick and I'm just not getting a good sense one way or the other. So I'm going to go similar to kind of what you did last week, Matt, I'm going to go Brady hunger in terms of that, you know, kind of in between run support, but also pass support. You know, he's a guy that he had an interception, but it was on a play that was whistled dead because of a penalty Um, offensively, you know, sitting at that tight end spot could be some areas that he could sneak into some things. So I just I got a good feeling about uh, one of our big time seniors and going to go with him. I, the, I'm not just saying this because you chose him and now it makes it easy. I honestly was going to say if you got done and you didn't select Brady Hunger, I was going to say, hey, can I change mine to Brady Hunger? Because I, re- I I think that he he along with his linebacker mates, uh, as far as on the defensive side, Cole Bailey, Andy Henson, of course, and others are they could be. They're going to be really busy. They're going to be stretched out, but I think they're up to task. They've been working on it for weeks, and uh, and they get to play at home, guys. That's that's a big deal to play their first game of their last season as a West Branch Bear at home. To wrap things up, this week we uh, last week I threw Stephen Grace a curveball, and we did not allow him to tell you how to follow the West Branch Bears. On, on the internet, interweb, all, all those technical places, because he's been practicing for this since November. And, well, actually, probably since he and Matt did their their bit in February. So he's got six months of practice 
I think he's going to hit the nail on the head here and let you know exactly how to keep up with all things West Branch football. Go to Twitter at WB Bears Football. Instagram, everybody's starting to love that a little bit more, at WB Bears Football. Facebook, just go into that search menu and type West Branch Football. And while you're there, I mean, don't just click on it and search it. If you're smart, you can actually click the follow button or the like button, and then you might get notifications and you'll see when different things get popped up there. So that would be a great way to do it. Um, If you're visual and like to watch some of those, but you don't necessarily want to look at some of the other social media content, you can always go to YouTube. We've got a West Branch football channel there, so you can search, subscribe to that. You'll get notifications as soon as everything comes in. Of course, for here, us here on the podcast, if you enjoy listening to us kind of muddle through everything every week, uh, just go to whatever your favorite podcast player is, whether it's Apple, Spotify, I'm sure there's like 15 others that you can find. Search for Talking Bear Football, like it, subscribe it, follow along, and get all the great information. And of course, all of the highlights, all of the interviews, all of the other videos, the game recaps, the game capsules... Looking back at previous matchups and everything, you can find at our website, which is westbranch.football. The Talking Bear Football Podcast is presented by Brown's West Branch. Also brought to you by Main Street Suites, EMS Detergent Services, Hodge Construction, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, Fidelity Bank and Trust, Full Wider Insurance Agency, Touch by Power Massage Therapy, The West Branch Times, The Hoover Presidential Foundation, and Marcy Willier with Urban Acres Real Estate. And before we go, Stephen, for Matt and myself, who've been with the podcast since episode one, this would be officially our 100th episode together, Talking Bear Football, including the episode, the one season where we had an A and a B episode. This is (laughs) our 100th episode together. It's just it's numbered ninety nine, but it's technically our one hundredth. Um, yes, I, I had I had to condense those twelve A and twelve B into <laughs> one episode like a year or so ago, just for technical reasons. Um, but yeah, this is technically the one hundredth. That's pretty wild. And I've been along for what, like twenty of them, at least. Yes, congratulations! Probably more than that, but you should be. Well, we'll give you. You get dual credit though, so. We'll, we'll make it 77 for you. There you this go. This is your it's 77th episode. The Drake, Berry, the Drake Berry episode for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's been a fun ride, and let's, let's hope it's even more fun next week when we come back together uh, that the Bears have a victory, home victory in hand. It's not going to be easy, guys. It's, it never is. But for Stephen Grace, Matt Chenander, and I'm Jason Miller, we thank you, the listener, for joining us right here. For joining us on the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on westbranch.football. Take care, everyone.